Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. I'm really glad that you tuned in today because, look, we're at the end of November. There's one more month left in this experience we'll call 2020, which probably didn't go the way any of us thought that it would. But I wanted to take some time today to talk about things that we can do to really finish 2020 strong. And look, for a lot of us, this year has been a train wreck. I never could have imagined what 2020 would look like. You know, when I when when the year started, I was what eight eight months, almost eight months pregnant, and I saw 2020 going so radically different. And for those of you that new, are new to the show, um, I had my first baby at the beginning of March. And she died very quickly and unexpectedly uh, just two weeks after she was born. And we did not see that coming in the year. From there, just (laughs) spiraled. I think between going through that and going through that in a global pandemic and and the the quarantine lasting so much longer than than I could have ever imagined and the way that that impact um, impacted business and impacted grief and impacted um, our families and everything else. It's just, I know I'm not alone in this year feeling like I got put in a blender and the blender hasn't been turned off. Um, it's It's been tough. And I say that knowing that there is still so much good that we can do for ourselves in our lives in this last month of the year. And that is really what all of us can focus on now, not dismissing the the end of the year. I know it can turn into a little bit of a frenzy and things go by quickly and there are all sorts of different things that come up. Let's not just wake up in January feeling like we need to get it together. I don't know about you, but I hate that feeling. I've had so many years where it's like, okay, it's January, let's do something about it. And I really want to go into January feeling good, feeling good about where progress has been made financially, feeling good about where progress has been made in business, feeling good about progress that's been made in relationships and with patterns and with habits and with nutrition and with movement. So I really want to go into this year with a sense of taking back a little bit of the control that many of us feel like has been uh, very aggressively ripped away this year. So I've, I've put together 10 different things that I want us to keep in mind, 10 things that we can do or perspectives that we can shift so that we really do make December a month that 
is meaningful, a month that helps us move towards what we want and helps us get a little bit back, a little bit more of a sense of control back. And the first one that I want to start with is something that I tell myself a lot, and that is that I can change my own life. I can change my own life, even when there are things that happen outside of our control, right? I tell myself, for example, that what happens in my house is more impactful to my life than what happens in the White House. I tell myself that no matter what happens to me that is outside of my control, there is far more that is inside of my control, You are not always the controller of all things. However, what you always can be is the optimizer. You are not always the controller of everything that happens, but you always can be the optimizer. How can I grow from this? How can I learn from this? Given this thing that is deeply unsettling or deeply unsatisfying, what can I do with it? right? What is the change that you want to see? Let's start with that. Knowing that you can change your own life, even when you don't control everything that happens in it or around it or to it, you can change your own life. So let's make sure every single one of us is very, very clear on what is the change that you want to see. As I go into December, one of the changes that I want to see is I want to see more movement and activity. The the daily walks, I, I love going for this four-mile walk along the canal by my house, but with the time change and it getting darker so much earlier and the weather change, it's been tricky for me to do that. And so I haven't been as active as I wanted to be. And in the first trimester of this pregnancy, I wasn't doing as much CrossFit. I think I I, I don't think, I know that I was erring very much on the side of caution because I was, um, and still am, just nervous about this pregnancy in a way that I've never experienced before. Not because I have any reason to be, everything's been healthy so far, um, but because of what we've been through. And in my mind, it was like, you know what, let me just get a little further into this pregnancy. Let me just know that it's a little bit more um, established and viable before I get into CrossFit and lifting weights, all of those things are totally healthy and even good for pregnancy, but it was just something that I could eliminate as a, as a potential worry or stressor that now I really want to add back in. There are other changes. You know, I, I want to spend more quality time with Chris. I want my house to be more organized. I want to simplify my business even further and make some changes there. But what is the change that you want to see? And be very, very specific. How can you be that change? Is it something in your own home? Is it the way that you communicate? Is it something about your own choices? Is it something about the way that you think? Is it how you treat other people? Sometimes it's easy to forget that the very best investment we can make is in ourselves and in improving ourselves, improving ourselves in terms of our own thoughts, improving ourselves in our choices, in what we know, just investing in ourselves instead of investing in Netflix, right? Investing in ourselves instead of investing in other people that we watch on Instagram. You can change your own life. To do that though, we've got to start with what is the change that I want to see, that I want to experience, that I want to have. And then from there, we can go into 
well, what is what does that look like as a daily practice? What does that look like as an activity? What does that look like as a habit that I can begin to implement? The second thing, this one comes from a James Clear quote that that I love. And when I when I first read it, I put it on a little chalkboard in my office so that I could see it every day. It says, be radically proactive about any behavior that will pay off in 10 years. I shared my thoughts on this a month or so, a month and a half ago on the daily mindset upgrades. Be radically proactive about any behavior that will pay off in 10 years. Do this this month. Don't have this as some thought that inspired you on one random day listening to a podcast. Make this an ethos that you carry with you that you act on every single day for the month of December. Now, in order to do that, we've got to break it down. Because sometimes we just hear something and like, oh, that's a great soundbite. But we really don't apply it. And to imply it, we have to know, okay, what behaviors would pay off in 10 years? Saving $10 a week? That would, that would pay off in 10 years because it's not just $10 a week. It's compound interest on that that gets more and more and more and more a week. It, and that's just one example. But maybe it is um, working out. I heard something the other day, I'm going to butcher it. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but it was basically like the number one way to ensure that you don't lose strength over time is to not miss workouts. And I was like, well, look at that. If I don't want to lose strength during my pregnancy, I just need to stop missing workouts, right? So when we hear this, be radically proactive about any behavior that will pay off in 10 years, put yourself together a list of what behaviors will pay off in 10 years. That does not mean we're going to tackle all of them in December. We're certainly not going to tackle all of them this week or today. But what are some behaviors that would pay off in 10 years? Is it a weekly date night? Is it having vegetables with every meal? Or if that sounds like a lot, is it making sure that you have a vegetable every single day, right? If that's if that's where you're starting, that's awesome. Start there. Is it working out twice a week? Is it working out five times a week? What are those things? And then, and then that's not it because most of us know these things like, yeah, I should eat more vegetables. I should drink more water. I should get more sleep, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But that's not where it ends. Radically proactive. What would it look like to be radically proactive about that? So if I were doing this right this minute, I would grab a piece of paper and I would just brainstorm a list of the behaviors that would pay off in 10 years, right? And then once I had that list, in the next column, I kind of draw, draw a line, a vertical line down the center of the page, and opposite each one, I would say, what does it look like to be radically proactive? Radically proactive. Like There's a reason that those two words are there. It doesn't just say, do things that'll pay off in 10 years. Yeah, okay. We, we all understand that. Be radically proactive about it. Like when I think about, okay, one of those things would be working out at least five days a week. Well, what does it mean to be radically proactive about that? I think proactive is maybe putting those things on the calendar, but what's, what's radical proactivity when it comes to that? Does it mean that I have some sort of accountability partner and I'm going to do this with a friend of mine or I'm going to do this with my spouse or I'm going to have a coach that holds me accountable, that helps me hold myself accountable to 
this behavior. There's a difference between knowing what to do. There's a difference between being proactive and being radically proactive. Being radically proactive. For example, if you say, yeah, you know, having, having vegetables at two out of my three meals. Well, maybe being proactive is meal planning, but being radically proactive is uh, doing meal prep every single morning. Or uh, not just meal planning, but having one day a week where you do all your meal prep for the week and everything is already chopped or pre-cooked or whatever it needs to be. There's a line that I love and I am constantly reminding myself of it. A specific intention is a serious one. A specific intention is a serious one. And we talk about this a lot and I talk about it constantly with my clients. When we're vague, we're making the work a lot harder to do. So if we're just saying, I need to exercise more, or I need to eat better, or I need to spend less, or I need to save more, that is so general that it's very tough and it takes a lot of mental activation energy to get to the action point in that. A specific intention is a serious one. So if I say, okay, Tomorrow at 12.30, I have an appointment at the bank. I'm going to open a savings account, and then I'm going to set up an automatic transfer for every Friday for just $10 into an investment account or into a savings account that has a decent interest rate or, or whatever it is. And, and that is going to be, that is, that is being radically proactive. I'm removing myself from it. It's not anything I'm going to have to think about. It's going to be happening automatically in the background. Ten years from now, that is going to pay off. That is going to pay off. I think about that when I think about um, this baby. You know, it's one thing to think like, oh, I want to have a savings account for this child on the way. It's another thing to say, okay, Chris, I've made an appointment at the bank. We're going down at this day. And then we're each transferring this much money at this interval, automatically, it's happening. You know, we'll review it once a quarter to see if we need to make changes in the investment or whatever because we want to make sure we're taking advantage of compound interest. Maybe we buy some dividend yielding stocks or something like that. But that's being radically proactive. A specific intention is a serious one. A specific intention is a serious one. So get uber specific. Be radically proactive about any behavior that will pay off in 10 years. Okay, the third thing that you can think about in terms of making December a meaningful month, and it comes from uh, Jim Rohn. Most of you guys are probably familiar with that name. But Jim Rohn tells us not to join an easy crowd. He says, you won't grow. You won't grow in an easy crowd. Go where the expectations and the demands to perform are high. And I'm not saying ditch your friends and family. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. You know, Chris has the same group of friends that he's had since like kindergarten. And I think that's amazing. And there's not any reason in the world, despite the fact that they're like a very diverse group of people. Um, there's not any reason in the world that I would want him to step away from that because maybe that crowd doesn't like push him. You know, I don't, I don't know whether they do or that they don't. I don't know what they talk about. It's really not my business. But the point is, I'm not saying you need to step away from anything, but you do need to make sure that you have purposefully put yourself in a group that has high expectations where, where people are doing cool stuff. And this is one of the things that I really love about CrossFit, that whether the person in the gym 
is brand new to CrossFit, maybe they're 100 pounds overweight, or it's somebody who's been doing CrossFit for 10 years and they're super, super fit, like they can do stuff that I, that I can only dream of doing, everybody in there is working hard and pushing themselves and everybody leaves the workout feeling like it was a tough one. I love that environment because I've been part of like regular gyms where I go in and I kind of do my own thing and maybe I spend a little time on the stair climber and I do some weights and I go home. And there's been a lot of times where I've left and I felt like, I mean, I showed up and that counts, but I didn't push myself. There's something about the community that for me is being part of a community that pushes me and it doesn't inquire, require like the investment in a mastermind or something like that. I also have friends in business where we talk about goals that we have and we talk about risks that we're taking and we talk about new things that we're trying and struggles that we're working through. And these are just friends. I don't pay them money. So don't think that putting yourself in a crowd, in a community where the expectations are the, and the demands are high is necessarily something you have to pay for. I, I don't think that it is. Maybe uh, you join a, a small business association in your area and you start talking about the goals that you have for your business or the goals that you have for networking. Maybe it is that you join a kind of gym that really works for you. Maybe you do join a mastermind. But the point I want to make here is that everybody can do this in the month of December. Most of us know that this is important, being part of a community of people that is growing and striving and pushing themselves, but a lot of us just sort of know that and don't do anything about it, or maybe we're looking for opportunities, but we haven't really executed on any. Look to put yourself in a situation where it's not an easy crowd. The expectations and the demands are high. Maybe it's just taking a college course online, one thing, just to try it out, just to push yourself a little bit. And you're part of a, a community where people are bettering themselves. Maybe it's joining a yoga studio. It doesn't really matter what it is, but make sure to be deliberate about this month putting yourself in a situation before the end of the year where you're part of a community where people are growing and the demands are high. This one, I love, what is this, number four or so? doesn't really matter. There's 10, but who's counting? Get outside yourself and find a way to serve. And when I say outside yourself, I don't mean you go outdoors. I mean step outside the circle of you and your feelings and your fears and your you know worries and anxieties and setbacks and frustrations do something that's not about you find a way to serve and honestly it's fine if this is just a one day thing that you do if you go and you know you volunteer to sort through blankets that have been donated to a homeless shelter in your area it really doesn't matter what it is or if it's an ongoing commitment or a one-day thing or a two-hour thing, but get outside yourself and find a way to serve. I know that's been something that I've thought a lot about because this year has been very, very much and unapologetically about me and about Dagny, and that that's been in large part survival, um, surviving grief and trauma and tragedy and loss um, and, and redefining what my life is. Cause I had a very different idea of what life would be like at this point in time. And sometimes in the darkest moments, I've had to say like, how 
can I just do something for somebody else? And I remember early, early on after Dagny died, waking up one day, it couldn't have been more than four weeks after she died, waking up one day and just having the sense that I was going to pay somebody's rent or pay somebody's mortgage that day. Like, not because I, I shared this then, I think, in some capacity, not because I have tons of of extra income. I I don't. Most of you guys have n- know that I've changed primal potential for the time being to to generate far less revenue because of some other priorities. And so you know, it's not a function of how much money that I have. In fact, I think oftentimes the way to serve that has the most impact on on us as the giver is that you feel it, you know? If I hand somebody 20 bucks and 20 bucks doesn't really mean anything to me and I'm not going to miss it, it's probably not going to have as significant of an impact on me as if I give in a way that I really feel it, that it requires something of me. But it doesn't have to be money, right? You can give your time, you can give your attention, you can step away from your own story and really, really show up to listen to somebody else and not make it about you this time. I know that can sting a little bit, but think about it. How often when we're trying to show up for somebody else, do we end up turning it around on like, oh, I get it because I've been through something else or yeah, when I was going through that or I understand because let me make it about me. Get outside yourself and find a way to serve, especially at this time of year. Especially at this time of year. I've been thinking a lot about this because um, I expected this Thanksgiving and this Christmas to look really, really different from the way that they look in reality. And there are times when that just like decimates me. And in those moments, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not the only person who is in pain in this holiday season. So how might I be generous to somebody else? How can I step outside this bubble of me and my pain and my loss and make it about somebody else? So I just encourage you this month before the end of the year to get outside yourself and find a way to serve somebody else. It doesn't have to be with money. It can be with time. It can be with a million different things, but you'll I'm always, no matter how many times I do it, I'm always so grateful to see how much it helps. You know, it just really, really helps. The other thing, this, this as we go into the last month of the year and really making it meaningful and not waiting until 2021, which is always a crappy feeling to kind of stand in 2021 and like, I got to get it together. Do you, this month, need to push or do you need to be patient? And I would say a better way to think about this is where this month, in this last month of the year, where do you need to push and where do you need to be patient? I talked a couple of weeks ago when I shared with you guys that that I'm pregnant again, that this is very much a period of patience with my body composition, right? I went into this pregnancy heavier than I was before I was pregnant with Dagny because for many different reasons, I didn't really lose the baby weight after um, Dagny. And it's not its not my priority or my body's priority right now to, to lose that weight while I'm growing another human. 
And that means that in terms of the size of my butt and the size of my arms and the size of everything else on me, it's a period of patience with my body composition. It's a period of push with my book. It's a period of push with simplification of my life and and getting organized and really streamlining my business and figuring out how I want that to look as we go into the new year. So where do you need to push in your life right now, this in the next month, and where do you need to be patient? Sometimes in business, it's a series, it's a, a season of patience, and sometimes it's very much a season of push. Sometimes with fitness, if you're dealing with an injury, it's a period of patience, but sometimes it's a period of push. And I don't want to fall into the trap where like, oh, holidays, everything's a, seri- a, a, a season of patience, or maybe more accurately, a season of turning your head and looking away. I want to push in certain areas, but we've got to know what those areas are. And then we can just not stress about the other ones where we've identified that it's a period of patience. You know, maybe for you in your home and the way that you want to improve your home, maybe this is very much a season of patience because you're not going to do it over the holidays, whatever. But then you can eliminate that from the things that stress you out, freak you out, make you stay up at night, hemming and hawing and worrying. Where in the next month do you need to push yourself, push your comfort zone, push your effort, push your initiative? And where do you need to be patient? This next one is probably the biggest focus for me over the next month. And I would love to see people join me with it. And that is make more memories. Be super deliberate. Put those things on your calendar now. I actually, for a while, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do a Christmas tree this year. I mean, I know not everybody celebrates Christmas, but we do. And, um, you know, we're renovating and things are a little like messy and chaotic and we still have a bunch of stuff in storage and um, the vibe is just not super high because I'm just really having a hard time with the fact that this would have been Dagny's first Christmas. And then I was like, you know what though? I want to create memories and I can still be sad about those things and it can still be um, reflective in all the ways that I want it to be reflective. But we we can make memories. We can start a tradition um, that we can continue next year when, God willing, um, we have this baby boy with us. Make more memories. One of the things that I kept saying I wanted to do over the fall was that I wanted to go apple picking with Chris. And I know we have an apple orchard here, but we are we are working on bringing that back to life. I wanted to go to one that's, you know, a couple hours away from here, and I didn't. And looking back, I'm like, that, why? We had time. We had all the things that we need to do. And frankly, it's because I didn't put it on the calendar. I thought about it, but I didn't do anything about it. So whether that is you know, you really want to put lights up around the house this year, or you really want to take that weekend away to the little isolated cabin that you've been thinking about, or you, you, whatever it is, you want to start a tradition, you want to have that first family game night, whatever it is, what can you do in this next month to make more memories, to have meaningful moments. And then I want you to put those things on the calendar. I brainstormed a list of like 
10 or 15 different memories that we could make, different things that we could do. Um, and we, we surely won't do all of them. I was going to say we probably won't do all of them. I know we won't do all of them, but I'm going to focus in on like the three or four that I get the most excited about. And they're going on the calendar. They're going on my calendar. They're going on Chris's calendar to the extent that he really looks at his calendar. Um, but find a way to do that. Make more memories. These memories don't have to cost a lot of money. They don't have to take a lot of time. But, but do that. Do that. Use this next month to build integrity with yourself. I think this is so huge. Look, if you get to the point in January where you're like, okay, now I'm going to start working out. Now I'm going to eat cleaner. Now I'm going to start spending less since the holidays are over and the gift buying and all that stuff. But if you get there and you don't have integrity with yourself, if you don't have the ability to follow through on a promise that you make or a commitment that you make, that's going to be really dang hard. So at a bare minimum, use this month to be in the practice of keeping a promise that you make to yourself. And I would turn this into a daily practice. What is one promise that I will make and keep today? Just one. What is one promise that I will make and keep today? Since the weather has gotten cooler, I haven't been drinking enough water uh, in general, but also for pregnancy. And then that leads to like having headaches and having more nausea and all of those things. And so this morning when I asked myself this question, like what's a promise that I'm going to make and keep today? It was about how much water I was going to drink. Okay, just for today, this is the promise I'm going to make. And hopefully that doesn't mean that I'm sitting here chugging water at 8.30 at night before I go to bed. But if, it, if that's what it means, that's what it means because I'm making this promise and I'm going to keep it. Really use this next month to be in the practice of building integrity with yourself. I find that the easiest way to do that is making it a daily practice and very simply saying to yourself, what is one promise that I will make and I will keep today? Keep it simple. Speaking of keeping it simple, it actually was a perfect tie-in. One of the things you can do over the next month that'll really help you feel like you kind of reeled things in, took back a little bit of control, and set yourself up to be in a good place is to simplify the crap out of your space. Clean out your car, simplify your closets, your kitchen. That thing, if you haven't used it in a year and a half, you don't need it, donate it. How many of us are just accumulating kitchen stuff over the years and like 30% or more we don't use? Let it go. Donate it. It's a really great way to help out other people. It really, really is. So closets, kitchens, pantries, junk drawers, clear it all out. Don't wait until the new year. It's going to make it easier for you to clean if you end up hosting for the holidays in whatever COVID-related way is available to you at this point in time. I There's another James Clear quote that I remind myself of often. It says, the ultimate form of optimization is elimination. The ultimate form of optimization is elimination. And I completely agree with that. So for me, you know, when we clear out our storage unit and start moving things back into the house, it's going to be like, did, did I even remember that I had this? Did I miss this? Have I needed this? Chances are, if the answer is no, it can go. Closets, pantries, junk drawers. Look, if you're going to be watching Netflix, watch something like the home edit get sucked into Marie Kondo, take a weekend and just simplify. The ultimate form of optimization is elimination. So donate, donate, clear out, throw out, 
minimize, simplify. It's something that you can absolutely do this month that you will not regret, that will make everything easier. And it's easier to keep up than to catch up. So the catch up work of doing this will surely be a pain in the butt, but keeping up with it is a lot easier. A couple more here. Give yourself better options. So I I love to remind myself that our decisions can only be as good as the best option that we're evaluating, right? And I posted something about that. Um, I actually, ironically, I think I posted it on election day and then sure enough, everyone was like, yeah, that's like our presidential election. The option can only be as good as, you know, or the outcome can only be as good as the options you're considering. And while there's truth to that, I think it's actually most powerful when we apply it to ourselves. So think about it this way. If, you, if it's like 8.30 at night and you're thinking, do I want ice cream or do I want popcorn? Sweet or salty crunchy? Which one do I want? Your outcome can only be as good as the options that you're considering, right? Give yourself better options. One of the best options I give myself at night is go to bed, start over in the morning. The popcorn, the ice cream, all that stuff's still going to be there. But like right now, maybe the best decision is just to walk yourself to bed and fall asleep because this is more tired and bored than it is anything else, right? And I represent everything that our mothers ever told us about like good things not happening after dark. My best decision is to go to bed every single time. But you've got to have that option on the table if it's just like mm, ice cream or popcorn. And this is truth beyond food. If, if we're only giving ourselves options like, oh, do I tell them I'm irritated over email or over text? Do I call and yell at them or do I send a snarky text message? Your decision is only going to be as good as the options that you're considering. So this month, practice giving yourself better options. Practice giving yourself better options. What if you don't say anything at all? What if you respond with kindness and understanding? What if you try to understand their perspective before you snap back with your own? If you give yourself better options, you naturally will make better choices. So start to look for opportunities this month. And look, there's going to be thousands of them every single day. You're not going to seize all of them, but start to be on the lookout for where can I give myself a better option here? You know, I think about this a lot with work when it's like, hmm, should I watch a show or should I have lunch? You know, if I'm like, I, I'm somebody that has to have some strategic breaks in my day. So let's say I started writing at six and now it's 1130 and it's like, mm, I could eat, but maybe I just need to like check out for an hour and, you know, do something mind numbing. Now, if those are the two best options I'm considering, then I've limited how good my outcome could be to that. When I'm in this practice, I'm like, okay, let's just throw in a few other options. Maybe I read for 30 minutes. Maybe, maybe this is a great time to go for a walk. Maybe this is actually a great time to go to open gym and then I don't have to worry about going later because I know later I'm going to be even more tired and more distracted and wanting a break even more. If you can just get in the practice of giving yourselves better options, it doesn't mean you're always going to choose the best option. It doesn't mean that you're never going to decide to take the lunch break or watch the show or whatever it is, eat the ice cream. But the reality is the better the options that are in the, in the running, the better the potential outcome that you can have. So get in the practice of not just going with, is it this or is it this? What other options could I throw in here? And I talk about this all the time with my clients in terms of 
You know, it's not just this or that, yes or no, all or nothing, on or off. That is binary. One, two, binary. But there's so many options in between. And I say constantly to my poor clients who probably have this burned into their memories, binary is the opposite of creativity because it's not just this or that, yes or no, all or nothing, go or don't go. There's a million options in between. And when we just get in the practice of considering those other options, but I could also do this or it could be like this. Maybe it's a little of this and it's a little of that. When we give ourselves more options, when we give ourselves better options, we increase the chances that we're going to have a better outcome. So practice giving yourself more options and better options. And then lastly, finally, over the next month, think about the things that you do that just keep you busy or numb you out. What are those things that they don't add value to your life, they don't improve your relationships, they don't improve your health, they don't move you forward, but they either numb you out or they just keep you busy. Maybe that's randomly scrolling on Pinterest, or it's playing that stupid game that you know is really stupid, but it just is a time waster. Identify what those things are that just occupy you or numb you. And I'm not saying you need to eliminate them, but at least give them a little less time. You know, a little less time. Like if you're going to play that game that you don't even really like, but it's just something to do when you're bored, maybe instead of having no time limit, you give yourself like a five-minute experience with it or a 10-minute experience with it. But start to minimize those things that you do that only occupy you or numb you out. In order to minimize those, though, you've got to know what they are. Self-awareness is so huge, guys. Self-awareness is so huge. If you cannot identify the things that you do that you do only because they numb you out or only because they keep you busy, you're not going to change them. So start to pay attention to, am I doing this because I love it? Am I doing this because it adds to my life? Like, is this really worth the time? Or is this something that just is a mindless escape? And is there maybe a better thing that I could do, a better thing that I could practice? Or, or at a minimum, can I just give this a little less time? You know, totally going to still keep doing it, but I'm just going to do it for smaller increments of time or less regular increments of time. Identify the things that you do that just occupy you or, or numb you and start to do them less. And as I said on last week's podcast, I'd love to hear from you. DM me on Instagram, or if you get the daily mindset upgrades, you can just really easily text me. Let me know which of these you are going to focus on because you don't have to do all of them, right? Whether it's identifying that you can change your life, you're not the controller, but you are the optimizer. What are these changes that I want to kind of be? Or it's getting really clear on the behaviors that'll pay off in 10 years and deciding what radical proactivity looks like for those or putting yourself in a community that pushes you. I'm not going to list out all of these, but either way, message me and let me know which ones you're going to be focusing on because I'd love to share what I'm focusing on. And I think it's a great way to connect and to get to know each other and to kind of encourage each other and be in each other's corners. Uh, And it's also really helpful for me to hear what strategies or approaches or perspectives or tools resonate with you the most. So as we go into this last month of a really wacky year. Let's use it well. Let's use it wisely. 
let's come out of this better and stronger and happier and more connected and less stressed out. Make it a great day. I hope to hear from you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.